With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting? Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Good evening, people. Good morning. Good afternoon, wherever the case may be, as usual, because we have many people tuning in from all around the world. That's what we hope anyway. That's what we want to become anyway. We want to become global, like some people I have on my show today, but we will get there. Kev, how you doing, mate? You okay? How's things? Yeah, very good. Very good. Into the uh, busy working week now, so um, I'm in the thick of it. I'm alive. Uh, feeling good. Uh, had some interesting stuff that we're going to discuss today, a little bit different. So looking forward to these guys' insight and thoughts. Um, so yeah, all well, thank you. Good, 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 good. And of course, I've got the returning, the magnificent Mr. Finances himself, the guru of all things finances, especially LFC. Mo Chatra is in the building. How are we? All the better for that unbelievable introduction, Grizz. Yeah, really good. I'm getting better. I'm getting better, mate. Watch next time. Oof, I've got one, another <laughs> one planned for you. Um, and of course, one second, Indian Scouts is in the building as well. How did I miss him? What a, what, a, what a fantastic subscriber. All the way from Malaysia. Stays up whatever time of day it is and tunes Come in. Come on. Big up. That is magnificent effort. Magnificent effort. As Cav says, I'm sure you have lots of questions. Get them in the chat and we will address what we can. Uh, shout out Nindi, of course, in Mumbai. He says, start it already. I was on his show earlier on. Make sure you go and check out Menace and the Monk doing great things over there as well. Uh, is this live? Yes, and we are alive. 
Uh, AJ says, big up Jesse, my fellow Punjabi Brumi. Brumi. Yeah. Look, on, the, reason, the, the, reason, on, the reason why we're late, guys, is because Jess came on, right? And I don't, Jess don't need an introduction. So, not, so but Jess came on. Me, Cav, and Mo, we've got like long standing Liverpool memorabilia in the back. You can tell we're Liverpool fans. Jess, right? <laughs> Jess, you can't tell as a Liverpool fan from the way he rants and raves on Twitter, right? And he didn't yeah, have, right. and he didn't have a Liverpool anything memorabilia in the back. So he spent about ten minutes looking for something to pop in the background to fit in. Jess, welcome to the show. How are you, boys? Oh, we're good, mate. We're good. I thought I'd give you. I thought I'd give you the appropriate introduction as well. Morgan's this massive introduction. I get. He could have a limp To be fair, to be fair, right, Grace. I'm building a bar. They're building in the garden. That's going to have oh. all my Liverpool stuff in there. We're in the cinema room at the moment, so there's nothing in here. So I have to go and drag one out. So I don't want to feel left out. See what I'm saying, people? See how you're going on already? Like, the pop star that he is. This is the cinema room. This is... We're going to have a, another studio in the back. Look at... Look, this is what I mean. When, I build, when I build that bar, we'll do it. We'll come... I'll get you all down. We'll do it live oh, from there. Yeah, see, see, we've got something, Kev. <laughs> this we'll is what live from there. This is what you call... This is what you call access. Play the game. You know like how certain fan channels get accused of being, you know... Friendly, friendly, chummy, chummy, and then get access. This is what you call get access. But guys, welcome to the stream. You already know the house rules. Like, subscribe, all that good stuff. Takes one second to like the stream. It helps with the YouTube YouTube algorithms. Yes, I only learned algorithms and what it means and how to spell it six months ago. But I already know the effects of it. So like the stream and we will get into it. Of course, the main, main talking point... Sh in fact, that's a debate in itself. Should it be the main talking point? Over recent times, Cav, Liverpool fans, essentially, and now United fans as well, are labelled, or not labelled, are, are said to sort of be experts in accountancy suddenly, and commercial deals, and sponsorship deals, and how much revenue a club makes. Is it? Is that true? Do you see, do you see that sort of side of... Um, side of business that's being more and more spoken about amongst common fan base, general fan base? Yeah, well, look, let's start off by saying we're all football fans. We love our clubs. We're emotionally invested and we want to know more and more. We want this access to what the players are like, what the staff are like, what the players are like, how the owners operate and run and the impact that has on our club. And for Liverpool especially, there's a particular model that we work to that's slightly different to the guys around us that we're competing with. And so we're intrigued and we're interested into what, how and um, how that works and the impact of it. And uh, we want to see ahead. We're trying to predict the future of all these things. We want to see where our club's going. And this is the kind of stuff we have to look at to work that out. So when it comes to accounts and finances and sponsors like you say it all ties back to the fact that we just want to know are we going to get a good squad that's going to make us compete for trophies that's, that's the long and short of it isn't it so of course there's a natural interest and that's the way of the world now people just want more and more and more so um we had a bit of information today which we're going to talk upon that gives us that little bit of access although not all of it a little bit of access into how this club might be running just is true isn't it like if we rewind, I don't know, three, four years ago, five years ago, these kind of conversations we didn't have in 
pubs, cafes, bars, kitchens, no. gardens. We didn't talk about the owners and who's the who's the not even the sporting director. Maybe, maybe, maybe sporting director, but definitely not who's earning what. How can we make space for the wages? Who's going to be on new shirt sponsors? How much revenue is going to they're going to bring in? It is a new sensation, but I guess with social media, it's to be expected. Like Cav says, we just want to know more, isn't it? It's the inquisitive I, side of the society. I don't see that. I think it's an FSG thing. Okay. I think it's what they've turned our, turned our fan base into. You'll find every summer on social media, Liverpool fans talking about getting Nat Phillips' wages off the books. <laughs> like, what? He started straight oh, away, hasn't he? <laughs> yeah. no, no, I said it ages ago. We've become accountants CFC. We're like all Liverpool fans, no spreadsheets now. Like they can pull out an Excel sheet and break it down. And like our club are always announcing. I still can't. <laughs> I still can't. That's why I got Mo to help me tonight. <laughs> but, yeah. We made two hundred thousand from a loan from a five percent sell on clause, and we're all like, right, add that to the total. We've got that now. There's two hundred grand there, and it's what happened to us from the way we've been run and and. I just find, I've always said it, not just now. I've said it, and I was on it 18 months ago. We shouldn't be doing that as Liverpool fans. We shouldn't be financial experts, but we all feel we have to be because we're trying to grasp at straws, trying to pull together transfer budgets. Yeah, it's, it is mad, isn't it, Mo? Um, obviously, Mo is known to do some amazing, informative threads that makes it so easy to understand for someone like me. I won't speak for Cav or any of us in the chat, but... Mo, when we see all kinds of figures thrown at us, left, right, and center, and Jas has got a point, like where we're talking about sell-on fees for players, and oh, maybe we can put that towards this, and then maybe we can budget towards that. I think ultimately, we it shouldn't be at the forefront of our thoughts. Or do you think it's important nowadays to to have an understanding of everything before we make judgment calls on on how good an owner is? I've got to agree with Jesse Pardew. I mean, he's completely spot on. You know, we shouldn't be talking about the finances to the extent that we do. You know, I mean, yeah, I, I like to tweet about stuff like this, but people end up taking a lot more interest in the financial side of Liverpool than they ever should. Um, and you're not going to see that to the same extent with other clubs. I mean, you do at United. I mean, don't we're not exclusive in terms of these types of conversations. United fans also... Um, you know, I've been saying for years, you know, the Glazers are taking the dividends out, what they're doing with this and that and the other. But um, other fan bases generally don't care um, because, you know, ultimately football is not like normal business. It's something where, you know, owners should take care of um, the best interests of the club, make sure obviously that they don't, go into a completely irresponsible way of running things financially. We, we don't want that. But at the same time, um, not to the extent where fans are debating over every little penny about, well, mm -hmm. you know, if we spend a little bit less here, does that mean we can spend a little bit more there? Um, but, you know, Jazzy's right. It's, it's something that's stemmed from the way in which FSG run the club. Um, you know, the, the whole thing about self-sustainability, that is, and I'll, I've said it before and I'll say it again, a complete and utter myth. Football has never been about that, ever. You know, it, it's an FSG um, propaganda uh, piece that has been promoted through various media outlets during FSG's time at the club. 
if you go back through football history, it was always going back to the 19th century, 1880, 1890, local businessmen putting money into their local football club in order to try and make it successful against the club from um, other parts of England or in Scotland or wherever. And you go back to other more recent times, you know, your Jack Walkers and people like that, again, putting money into their clubs. You know, uh, John Hall at Newcastle United in the 90s. You know, so these things have always happened. And it's just um, a modern day kind of myth that's been promoted that, you know, football clubs are self-sustaining or should be self-sustaining. Football is, is a big dick-waving contest, if you pardon the language. It's all about ego. It's all about saying, right, um, you know, we and our club are going to outperform all those other clubs out there. Um, and, and that's why normal business um, approaches go out the window. It, it's all about trying to do what is best and by whatever means necessary. And if you look at other clubs, even Manchester United with the owners that they have, they said, look, we can't afford another season outside of the Champions League. So we are going to max out the credit card, max out every credit line possible to get in the likes of Casemiro and Anthony and this, that and the other to try and give it a real good go to get back into the top four and look at them now. You know, that they financially um, have been very, very flexible, pragmatic in order to try and turn things around. And that is something you would never see with FSG. Cav, mm. Mo's made a couple of points and one of them that I wanted to sort of segue into is in terms of he says clubs have always sort of, or owners of clubs have always done whatever is deemed necessary. <clears throat> my, so my stance on FSG, and we're not going to make it, it's not an FSG show. So we're going to talk about this, the financial statement and then we're going to discuss a few points in there and any questions, queries raised about some of the, the, the figures and whatnot. And then obviously look into the football as well at the end of it, because we have got a very good, important, very massive, important game against Wolves. So we'll end up talking about those are people. Guys, as you come in, there's nearly 300 of you coming up into now. Smash the like, subscribe if you haven't. Have my only, and me and Jas have been speaking years on this, to and fro and to and fro. And he's, look, he came on my show about 18 months ago and we discussed the direction of FSG. Now, at the time, Jas, am I right? In, at, at the time, we were Premier League champions, maybe? I can't no, remember no, no. exactly. It was, I think it was a start of last season. The start of and last season. Yeah. Yes. And I was told, it would, we just started, and I said a couple of points that annoyed me, and I said, why is sustainability such a big thing? And your guest was adamant that that was the key aim for a club. I said, no, the key aim for a club is to win trophies. Sustainability is the business model that the owners want to make money. And then the second thing I was arguing about last season was that I was embarrassed by our fans singing, we have got no money, but we'll still win the league. We've actually made a joke of ourselves being skinked. <laughs> and, and they were wear, and the FSG apologists will wear that as a badge of honour. Yeah, but that's the best way to win it when you're skinned. It isn't. We're all a bit older on this panel right now. Sorry, Kev, not you, mate. You're young lad. You look like you're, out of, you look like you're in a boy band. So, Roscoe. Like, do you guys remember where the money came from for Stan Collymore? I don't. Do you remember who we sold to buy Phil Babb? I don't. Do you remember how much money Stevie G got each contract extension? I don't. 
But I can tell you right now, Liverpool fans know every single thing about every single player's contract right now because FSG push it that way. Kev, yeah. the, the basis of our chat then, right, and we kind of put each other on the spot. I can't remember who the rest of the panel was. But the point being, me and Jess were there, and so we should only speak about me and Jess. So the, the, point, of the, the point of the story or the point of the moral what I'm trying to get to is 18 months ago, I was an FSG out. I was an FSG in. Yeah. And Jess will testify to this. I was like, I just want my owners, at the time FSG, still FSG, do the right thing. Mm-hmm. Do you think in the 18 months since we've told you about that show, FSG, in your opinion, from what we know, Twitter, yeah. social media, and the statements being released and our activity in the market and our commercial, do you think they have done the right thing? And elaborate on that if you think they have or they haven't, because we find ourselves now and we're going to get into the statement. We find ourselves now in a bit of an awkward, sticky situation 18 months later. Yeah, so look, what we know with FSG, and I think what a lot of fans are upset about is the fact that they're not willing to put their hands in their own pockets uh, and sign players, um, you know, off their own off their own backs with their own money. They want to make the club generate that money and then obviously reinvest it into the squad. I think they've made strides to try and do that with the obvious sort of stadium expansions and things like this. So there is going to be sort of money that's generated in the future when those things are completed. So, yes, they have made attempts to sort of make this um, make this club make money to be able to, you know, help us be successful in that time period. Um, and they've obviously tried other avenues as well to try and generate money, which some fans are unhappy with. Um, and look, for me personally, I think Jassy's dead right. The focus and the, the priority for any football fan should be just seeing their club win trophies and competing. If we can do it in a way that is self-sustainable, I just think that's a bonus, to be honest. I like the idea of that. I like the idea of a business. And I know I hate using the word business, but it is. I like the idea that a business can be set up and work within the constraints that are placed for them by the bodies that we we work under and financial fair play and all of these things. I like the fact that we honour the rules as best we can and that we we do things fairly and to the... the, um, to the rules of the game, so to speak. So I, I like that approach. And I personally, I would never wave the flag to say, oh, we won a Premier League and we did it the right way. But actually, there is a little bit, you know, of me that's like, I, I kind of like that we do this um, natural approach. But the priority is that we win, obviously. And at the minute, it seems like it's been a bit of a hindrance to that sort of success, or that's how it's turning out to be, because what we're up against in the other clubs and how they run. So... I think they have tried to, to do things the right way. Um, we discussed the, the finances and maybe we can sort of elaborate on the point. I, I'm sort of holding out hope that these things we're doing right now and have done in the last 18 months are actually going to come to sort of fruition and be provide success in the future. Um, and in particular, that sort of stadium expansion that we've got. Mo and, and Jas will probably <laughs> inform me that it's probably not going to have so much of a significant impact as what mm-hmm. I'm thinking. But I was kind of hoping... It's still paying it back. Yeah, and without going straight into it, I was kind of hoping once the stadium's done and once we paid off that £71 million that we still owe FSG and this and that, that actually that's just that stadium will still be there. That's still, that's still people buying tickets. And actually in the future, it's really bright in terms of this sustainable money being generated to then put back into the squad. 
Now, obviously, we'll, we'll break down the figures that we know to see if that's actually going to be the case. But that was always my thinking is I was always thinking that in a few years time, we're actually going to be have this model that's really successful financially for us. And that's a perfect segue. Me and Kev, this is why we're the tag team we are, segueing into smooth transition into what we're about to talk about now. And Mo, of course, I'm going to come to you because the, to me, these are figures that A, I'll never see in my lifetime or my whole Hamdan, my whole generation's lifetime. And B, I don't know what the fuck they mean. So Mo's going to explain to us. Mo, obviously... Cav's got a point in terms of we're hoping or the plan was, he suggests, for FSG to be sort of in a position, like we said two years ago or 18 months ago, like me and Jess were discussing at the time, to be able to go big on investment into the team because that's the one area that's just been neglected, let's just say. They come out with a summary. Now, obviously, you're going to explain that these are not the exact... So explain to us, this is just a summary of the financial period. The the actual accounts are going to be uh, revealed later. Yeah, that's right. So today the club has announced highlights of their right. accounts. Um, so you can see that on screen right now. And the accounts, the full accounts should be published in the next two days, three days. Mm -hmm. So I'll just kind of summarize and try and put it in a simple set of terms as I can about what the figures mean. So the overall turnover for the club is £594 million. So that's the amount of money that the club made in the 2021-22 season, a season in which we came second in the Premier League, runners-up in the Champions League and won the two domestic competitions. Now that £594 million is comprised of three different revenue streams. Media that means TV money, um, primarily Premier League money and Champions League money. It amounted to 261 million. That was five million less than the previous season, which was 266, but about 30 million of that related to the Premier League um, income for the 2019-20 season, because that season actually finished in the 2020-21 financial year. Anyway, 261 million from uh, TV money. Match day, which is, you know, ticket sales, um, hospitality, etc., cetera, um, was 86 million. Season before, it was only 3 million. So it was virtually back to normal levels. Mm. Um, commercial revenue was at 247 million, which is really good. Manchester United, just for context, um, their commercial revenue was 262 million only 15 million pound more than Liverpool. Mm -hmm. If you go back, say, four, five, six years, the gap between the two clubs in terms of commercial revenue was um, over 100 million pound. Um, so for Liverpool to have closed the gap to within 15 million is a very impressive effort. And the Nike deal um, that commenced in 2021 um, has played a big part in that. So, you know, to be objective and fair, um, you know, which we like to be on this channel, exactly. by the way. <clears throat> Advocates of FSG will say, "Well, look, you know that that is down to uh, the club being well run, being well managed." Um, so, five hundred ninety-four million is great, and then the profit, as you can see there, uh, seven point five million. So, one of the questions is, "Well, we generate so much money. 
how come the profit was so small mm-hmm. in relative terms? And the big reason for that is the wage bill, £366 million, which was one of the fourth or fifth biggest wage bills in world football. So all day today on Twitter and other social media, Liverpool fans have been saying, how in the hell is Liverpool's wage bill, £366 million, when if you look at the squad, you've got you know players whose you know contracts will be you know less than eighty thousand a week, and you know we've only got one player on over three hundred thousand a week. How is that even possible? So one of the things to flag up is the wage bill is not just the wage bill for the players; it's for all staff, coaches, academy players, administration people, Davey IT, um, Lynn in in the canteen. Um, all these people, uh, match day start. Is that, is that normal, Mo? You want all clubs do that? Oh, yeah, yeah. Just Liverpool, do, all clubs do that? All clubs, yeah, that's right. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So, <clears throat> 366 million. But if you, and I'm aiming to put out a Twitter thread in the next two, three weeks to try and, as best as I can, break down the 366 million, which is not easy because the club's accounts give so little information about um, the wage bill and what it's comprised of. But I'll, I'll try my best to break it down as best as I can. But what I can say is that based on the reports and other information, Liverpool's bonuses are significantly more than a lot of other clubs. So, you know, when we hear about, well, all these other clubs are paying four, five, six, seven of their players, 300, 350,000 a week, like Man United. And yet their wage bill is very similar to ours. How is that even possible? It's because their bonuses are less than Liverpool's. I would argue that if you look at the state of the squad, you would expect to have more quality for £366 million. So in Mm. my view, the bonus structure needs to be revisited by FSG and others at the club. Because if, if £366 million delivers you two domestic competitions, not being getting to the final of the Champions League and runners-up in the Premier League, um, that, I would argue, would suggest that the bonus structure is overly generous. And I think it perhaps needs to be reined in because ultimately the, the transfer spend is from the same overall pot of money. So the more you spend on wages, the less money there is to spend on transfers. Um, and because we're operating to this kind of model where the owners don't put any of their own money into the club, ultimately, if we want to be able to afford to spend more on transfers, we need to rein in costs elsewhere. And the obvious area is wages. Um, there you go. That's a basic, basic summary. Cav, on the back of that, I mean, what stood out to me guys and obviously i wanted moa's in, input on that but i think jas has kind of said like the, the 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 thing that stood out to me even behind the scenes we were talking about it is the admin costs like is there a reason why they rose 69 million in one year mo i mean you've explained the bonus situation in terms of the wages obviously it seems like the better we do, <laughs> the more the more we have to pay out, which is fine. No problem. I've run a business. I'm sure some of you have. And if not, you know how business works. Like in terms of if you have employees, if you're doing well, they want, you know, a bit of the, bit of the, bit of the cake, so to speak. Mm-hmm. The admin costs, or is that part of the admin costs? What, what, 
what constitutes admin costs to rise by 69 million pounds? Like, I have no experience at mm. all in accounting or finance, but even to me, that seems quite high. Or is that normal? Uh, it's not normal, no. Um, ah. But there is a bit of an explanation here. Go on. So, admin administrative costs include the full wage bill so for of that 545 366 million of that is the wages um and we know that the wage bill increased by um i think it was around 52 million i think it went from 314 to 366 um so 52 of that 69 is down to the wage bill and then you've got obviously all types of other costs so you will have um agents fees and we know that they don't come cheap mm -hmm. you've got um obviously energy costs and we all know that gets more expensive by the day um, yeah i've got three layers on because i don't want to put my heat in on there you go <laughs> in my conservatory yeah <laughs> yeah yeah um so you know all, all of these things add up um but again that's not to say that um we we should be spending year on year an extra 69 million pounds um so the other thing to note is though the wage bill increased by about 50 odd million pound from the previous season that included bonuses for the 2019-20 premier league title win and that fell into the 2020-21 financial year so had it not been for bonuses falling into that year the wage bill for the previous season would have been probably less than 300 million so we're talking about the wage bill increasing by over 60 odd million. And obviously part of that included contract renewals for the likes of Jordan Henderson. And obviously, again, that's been a massive debate raging ever since he signed that contract extension about whether that was money well spent. And that's maybe for another time. No, we're but... going to get into that, actually. That segues into the next segment. You're, yeah, but yeah, we will discuss that. Sorry. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, but th th that's the key ex uh, explanation anyway. The right. bulk of that 69 million increase of admin relates to um, the wages. And the biggest other area is um, amortization. So, you know, bloody hell, you know, Jazzy, you, you're completely spot on about what we were talking about earlier. Could you imagine us as football fans on a football podcast talking about bloody amortization? But here we are. So that, again, is completely <laughs> contributed to that £545 million. There you go. So amortisation, we're speaking about it on Football Carnage. Who would have thought 2023 we're going to be speaking about this? But, Kev, on the back of that, is there anything that stood out to you or, or you wanted to get clarity on? I mean, that was the one that stood out to me. Mm. I, I personally thought um, that the media revenue might have gone up to be totally honest with you, because it seems like that's, you know, TV deals and things like this. It always, I always got the sense that these things were like rapidly sort of growing um, figures that were being paid out to these clubs. And obviously Liverpool playing almost every game um, they possibly could in that year. I felt like there might have been a bigger increase than 5 million on the previous year. So um, that was just yeah. what I thought. Kev, that, that was because um, in the previous season, um included Premier League money from the 2019-20 season because the 2019-20 season actually ended up finishing in 2021. Right, yeah. Um, that, that's so. why it included money from that. Otherwise, it likely would have been 
an increase of about 30 million. Okay. So it would have otherwise been about 230. Yeah. Yeah, um, that makes sense. Jas, is there anything else that you want to pick on before we move on to sort of another segment into this? Just, looking at, just, look, just looking at all those statements. Yeah. I think a couple of things. Number one, we're not made to be successful under this owners. Success is a hindrance to them. They have to pay out more money. They have to spend more. They don't want to. They want to just keep plodding along, keep that Premier League money coming in, and that's it. Bonus is a hindrance. Winning is a hindrance, I feel, to them. Number two, if we've made 7.5 after getting to the final of every competition, are you telling me if we'd won the Champions League and League, we'd be in the red? That's another worry. So if we're winning everything, getting to the last game of every competition, and we can't afford to sign players, why are we bothering them? You might as well pack it up and hang around mid-table. No, it makes they... no sense anymore to me. And it, t- to me, that is what FSG have done to us as a base. It's uh, Look, whether they stay or go, couldn't care less. But this is ridiculous now. We're looking at accounts, working out why we can't spend money. Where's our money? Where's our money? Like, it, 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 it's... We're so successful and we haven't been able to spend. Like Cam was saying, well, I'm hoping the stadium expands soon and we'll have, well, what's the use? We can't spend because we have a certain amount we can move around because if we win more games, we've got to pay more bonuses. So to them, it's just going around in circles. Mo, while you try to tackle Jass's points, like Jass always comes with the proper points. So while while I'll give you a couple of minutes, I want to bring up uh, another thread that I, uh, from a, a very good good journalist and a good friend, David Lynch's. So you tackle that while I find what I was looking to find. Sure. So, so basically, I think in essence, he's saying they're not their model has come unstuck. Especially, I just I don't want to put words in your mouth, but are you saying they didn't anticipate this level of success nope. and rise, and they no. didn't have a plan how to sustain and no. stay there? As like you can it. tell, once we won the league, have you noticed the thing has started unraveling slightly since we won the league? It's because they didn't know. To, once you get to a certain position with this model, you have to then, you can't self-sustain. You have to invest to stay at the top. Your your your, your team needs the bigger signings, etc., etc. We weren't made for that. FSG weren't made for that. FSG were hoping to hang around the top four, get that top four money in, and they were more than happy. And I think... It's showing now they just don't have a clue of what to do with a big club. It's become not just too big for them. They have no interest in winning, as they've proven with other their other franchises. I think it's if we've won everything and we can't compete, what what's left for us to talk about? Mm. If we what? If we what now? Last year we were what two games away from winning the quadruple, we would have made eight point five million pound profit, but had to pay more bonuses. So why are we bothering if these owners have clearly shown that whatever we do will make no difference to us? Mo? You are right. Yeah, I mean, you're, you're spot on. Had we won the Champions League and the Premier League, our accounts would have shown a loss. Are you serious? Serious, yeah. Can, yeah. we get a, can we get a layman's explanation into this? Because this is... No money. No money. money. Lost. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> really no. Okay, no money, no money. Okay. Is that okay? You reminded me of my last trip, man. Because, you know, like, I, see, I'm one of those guys, when you go on holiday, right? Went back. I went back home to the motherland, right? And you obviously, you know, you get people begging for money, whatever, blah, blah, blah. And I tried to help as much as I can. 
And my dad always says, oh, you're too naive, whatever. Well, you're too naive. You don't know these guys' plans. You know, they're, not, they're, you know, they're, they're all probably making more than you. And they, I do what I can, do what I can. By the end of the day, like, I'm broke, right? And just, just remind him, that was me. Every time they came to me, no money, no money, no money. <laughs> just remind me of that. But well, my... thinking, guys, if we had won the quadruple, we would have been in the red. Financially, would have been, our club would have been making negative money. That enough should tell you that this owner's, Something has to give now. It's gone too far. We can't win our way out of the situation. We can't get deals to get ourselves out of the situation. We can't sell anybody. We're stuck we, we, now. We, 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 get, we, we get into what are the ways out. But Mo, it's just a very brief explanation into why and how. Okay. So, right. Very quickly. Mm. If we won the Premier League, that would have only brought in about an extra £2 million. Only £2 million more compared to finishing second. If right. we'd won the Champions League, we would have earned, I think it was about another £4 million. So about £6 million for winning the two competitions compared to finishing runners-up. But the bonuses would have been massive. Okay? So mm. if you say the £7.5 million is the profit, you add on £6 million to that, you bring it, it brings you up to um, £13.5 the bonuses would have been probably 15 to 20 million. So <laughs> take that away from that profit. You're, you're talking a loss for winning and completing football. Mm-hmm. And generating the third biggest turnover in world football. <laughs> so now quickly to the people that love we being sustainable, how would they keep, would they celebrate the league or would they like be really unhappy that we're not sustainable? Like, what would they do? They'd be really confused. We would from have won this- it but being in the red. From the accountant's point of view, it's preferable to finish runners-up because you're not paying these big bonuses out. And that is the way, like it or not, that FSG think. It's about the bottom line. Kev, before mm. I, I can hear Kev's Kev, heartbreaking. He's, he's just, almost close to tears, Kev. What are we going to do? Sell the trophies? Like, you can have your best for a day and then we're going to camera, before we started... I said to you clearly, I've said this 18 months, I said it for, we're winning in spite of them, not because of them. They have no interest in us becoming successful. All they care about is top four. Fourth for them is the win because it makes them enough money to not have to do anything. Last summer on Grizzly Show, or the summer four when I spoke, I said their problem now is they're thinking, do we spend and go for the title, spend 500 million, or do we spend 150 and try and consolidate fourth while Klopp's here and sell? And that's what we're stuck in. We're stuck in this juxtaposition where our owners don't know what they want. The fans want to win, but they also want to tell everyone we got no, we're not spending money. We're better than you because we don't spend. We're just in this real weird vortex, which is why this summer, and I spoke to Mo privately on, on Twitter, this is make or break for the club. And it's not me being like over the top or whatever, or being into a Bollywood movie. We decide where we go from this summer. Either we've got club for three more years and we make a goal of it, or we're going to hang around mid-table where Klopp found us. And that's basically it now. I, I was going to go into, Cav, um, I was going to go into the thread, uh, David Lynch's, but we'll, I think we'll leave it because I'm looking at the time and we've got, what I think we segue into sort of is the, the ways out. So get that wages that you had. And, and obviously, before I come to Mo, Cav, Jas is kind of right. No, Jas is right in terms of we have come to a, a, a moment now where make or break, I don't want to 
I don't want to say make or break, but for sure, it's a moment of truth. And the reason why it's the moment of truth is because we have forever been lauding Klopp, Edwards, background team. And like Jassy says, despite of FSG, right? We've known that they struck it lucky and look, fair play to them. They recruited Jurgen Klopp. They found the right man, the right structure. No, I, got it, I got a button. My brother, I got a button. You don't make out like Jurgen Klopp was some third division manager they plucked from obscurity and gave him the keys to the palace. He was the best coach in world football. Every club in the world was looking at him. But the way people that support the owners ahead of the club come out with, they got us Jurgen Klopp. It was the most no-brainer. It was like the lottery no, ticket line. No, on no, no, no. I, dis- I, I disagree with mm-hmm. you, Jas. I'll tell you why I disagree with you. He, was on a, he, he had left Dortmund. He wasn't at his highest point. He wasn't the most sought after. The most sought after manager was Carlo Ancelotti. Now, this could turn into another thing to bash FSG with because Carlo Ancelotti wanted money and a war chest to take over. So that's why he wasn't given the, the keys to the kingdom, so to speak. What I will say is it's very easily, and we've seen ownerships, guys. Let's not be too bashing because we've seen ownerships recruit the wrong managers and coaches Everton have spent billion near enough United how many recruitment of managers they've got wrong Chelsea whatever you know Manchester City well not Manchester City they've, they, they've got too much to get it wrong but you know you get my drift ownerships can get signings and coaches wrong so credit where credit's due but I get your point what I will say is we've always been saying well if Jurgen Klopp's okay with it, part of the system, part of the culture, part of the philosophy, part of the understanding, and they're all working under the same uh, model and they're aware of the same model and everything's rosy, we, we really shouldn't jump up and down. Let's just enjoy it and see how it takes us. Of course, when it goes wrong, then we have to ask the questions. Mm-hmm. And now things are going wrong, Kev. Now, I feel is the time is to ask the questions. Of course, if people had amazing foresight like Jas, then ask two years ago, three years ago. But I feel as though now, and the key part in the whole thing for me, guys, hear me out on this one, is Jurgen Klopp. We know Jurgen Klopp is the king right now, right? And if he gives us an indication or even a slight hint that he's not being backed or things are out of his control or he disagrees with the working model and now advocates a change, that's what we're waiting for because, my God, we are all ready to get on Jurgen Klopp's back as opposed to bash FSG. We don't, some of us don't want to bash FSG for the sake of it, but we're ready to back Klopp. Do you get what I mean? And but, I think it's come to that point that? now. He's hinted at it, hasn't he? That's this is my point. point. This is my point to Cav. Like, this is my point. This is what he said now, hasn't he? He's he's kind of hinted it in his last press co- couple of press conferences. His language is changing his press conferences now. Um, I think he's getting as close as he's ever got to putting the owners on the spot, if not calling them out altogether. Like to Conte would be, he wouldn't care. He'd just call, say, look, you know, mm. I'm not getting back. Klopp has always been, and maybe this has been something that's worked against him, uh, a company man. You know, he's mm. kind of been very careful about what yeah. he says. Almost takes the blame sometimes when... Yeah. Um, but, you know... I, I think now that's his personality, even with players, he'll take the blame over everything. He'll say, come at me, don't come at the owners, or don't come at... That's just the way... I love the... Un- I, to a point, I think he actually loves being the underdog. He enjoys it. 
Like, yeah, we're the underdogs. We're going to fight. Let's get everyone together. But he's made cries for help many times and people just ignore it. When he wanted a defender, when he wanted in the summer, I made a mistake. We need a midfielder. Okay. You know, he's constantly saying, we can't do that. We can't compete. We haven't got the money. We can't bring him. I think he's hinted at it. As Mo said, you can tell the changes now. Slowly they're coming. I, 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 don't, think, I, don't, even, I don't even think it's slowly now. And as I said, I asked Cav the question. You two bodybuilders have not let him spoke. Sorry. Come in, come do for, you know what I mean? Look at this. Typical it's all right. I'm here yeah. every week. It's cool. Yeah, These exactly. Guys. Yeah, exactly. Uh, but, uh, you know, you give them an inch, they take a mile. Typical Asians. But, um, but Cav... He, it's not even a hint. It's not even a subtle hint. He's yeah. come out with it in the last couple of press conferences that we need. And the key part was, Mo and Jess, you, you remember this. He said, despite of... Someone said to him, if you get Champions League, will it hinder? He said, no, I don't care. In other words, he said, investment yeah. has to be made. Now, that comes to the point now where, Cav, it's either sell up, in, get minority investment, or dig into your pockets. Mm-hmm. It, that is key now, decision time. Absolutely. They're the three options. You remember when we were speaking um, around uh, the World Cup and Christmas and that type of period, just after we sort of got the statement that the club was sort of looking into maybe getting a bit of investment in. I made the point at the time that we're very lucky at when that statement released that we have a guy like Klopp in charge. Now, he's not been very good this season, in my opinion, tactically and what he's managing to get out of the team. But in terms of the way that he recognises his role as a manager and the and the spokesperson for the club almost in some respects, he protects his fans because there's a lot of information he'll be privy to and that he signs up to and agrees to that I think his fans probably wouldn't like. I think if they come out and they were very honest, although we've done a very good assessment of these finances, we wouldn't like it. And I think he manages his words. And that's why he doesn't um, just come out in press conferences and and hang FSG out to dry. Because I also think he's protecting the fan base as well, because there can be a lot of sort of um, hysteria. If You know, every word he says is really, you know, analysed. Magnified. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. If he comes out and says there's no finances... Well, believe it or not, guys, we've still got another four or five months of playing Premier League football and Champions League football, hopefully. And we're going to be going mental thinking, well, what's this mean for the club? At the minute, all we're doing is we're speculating and going off the limited amount of information that we do know. So we're still protected to some extent because they're still that hoping us that there might be some finances in the summer to change our fortunes. But I also think Klopp, to a certain extent as well, doesn't have 100% um, faith in, in, in his own ability at the minute. Um, I don't think he's really got a leg to stand on by coming out and blaming solely finances because I believe the state that we're in, in this season in particular, is largely down to him, largely down to the coaching team, largely down to the players, which again is a reflection on him. These players were good enough to compete for four trophies last year and good enough to compete for Champions Leagues and Premier Leagues, yet this season the drop-off has been significant. Now, yes, investment would help that and yes, new players... Uh, coming in would help that but there's no reason why you should drop from second to tenth that for me is on the current crop of staff and he is a massive part of that and the and the focal point of that so he, there's only so much he can come out and say with regards to finances and investment because he knows he's got his own job to be doing better and when he talks about he wants to find in-house solution and footballing solutions and we have quality and we have nine midfielders available and stuff it's all very true he needs to be doing better with these guys. And when the time to talk about money, he will he will probably talk about it more, i.e., when we're in a transfer window, when we're in when we're in the summer. So I think that 
it's very difficult. If Klopp was performing as he was performing last season and this was the season we were going for four trophies, not only would we not be having the discussion because we don't care because we compete for four trophies, but actually he would stand there with 100% confidence going, I am doing absolutely everything I can and it's you that's letting me down. Whereas at the minute, I feel like the blame is sort of shared across investment and himself and his coaching team. Um, I've got a couple of, I've, I've noticed a couple of great points and questions and it probably segues into what I wanted to talk about now because what now, Mo? Um, so Errol Lad says, one uh, sends in a super chat, 199, appreciate the support. He says, potential minor investment is clearly needed. Um, and then Ash follows up and says, question for the panel, what do you think happens with FSG? I'm still not sure if John Henry is telling the truth or it's a negotiation tactic for a sale. Um and then KD, channel member, big up yourself. He says, I do think Klopp only extended with the guarantee of investment in a rebuild. Um, Mo, just wanted your thoughts now because we've established where we are, finances where we are, financially where we are. Of course, more will come out. Um, um, you know, let me read out Kieran. says, why is this show on now? Only the highlights of the account issued. Surely wait until the full digestible review is issued. Turn into an FSG bash. I'll answer it. It's no problem. I'll answer it. I'll answer it. The show is on now because it's my channel and I decide what what channel, what shows I use and what what's the agenda. Um, I don't think it's been a bashing session. I've talked about how good they've been. We will do another show when the digestible review is issued. So, cut a long you story short. Um, Mo, you can't. I'm sorry, guys, you can't. These kind of things. Oh, how can you talk about the owners? We're about the finances. They're linked. They own the club. So, you're going to talk about them when you're talking about the club having money. It's it's a logical conversation to have. Yeah. I mean, Kieran, by all means, feel free to come on and, and uh, give your point. It's not an FSG bashing. Such we're looking we're looking out for the club as opposed to the owners. We're looking out for the betterment of Liverpool Football Club as opposed to uh, billionaire owners of the club. We're not talking about anything to do with them personally. We're talking about Liverpool Football Club, who are currently ninth or eighth and having a disastrous season on the back of being close to immortality on the back of having so much success on the commercial side of things. It's really not an FSG bashing session, Kieran. But if you think that's no problem, that's fine. Hope you're enjoying the show. Hope you've smashed the like button. Um, Mo, what now then? Because the suggestions are sell. They've denied they want to sell or they've said there's nothing. I don't think they've had an offer that they deem worthy of selling. Investment, they've hinted that yes, we are working on uh, investment and there may be something close. Again, he's hinted. Or the third one, and I'm going to ask you, because I think me and Kev spoke about it earlier on another show or something. I can't remember now. Or maybe it was me and you. What is the other way of uh, getting out of this whole financial mess in terms of investment? Is there another way in terms of a loan, get another external loan? Because we already know they've got an external loan. They won't go down that route, surely, will they? No, and that's one of the, again, criticisms of FSG is that they are owners that are the least flexible in the Premier League in terms of um, doing what is necessary to get deals over the line, to support what goes on on the pitch. They operate in a very rigid way in terms of their financial model. Even during the pandemic, when Klopp was almost on his knees, go back to two years ago, January 21 transfer window, by the end of that window, almost begging for um, incomings at a centre-back position. And we brought in, you know, we, we went shopping at um, Pan Stretcher. You know, we brought in a defender from Blackburn on loan. 
and we signed. Sorry, no, he wasn't on loan. He was Preston. Preston. Yeah, and uh, then we signed um, Quebec, who was on loan, one and a half million between the pair of them, I think. Um, so you know, we we splashed out barely anything at that point when Klopp was almost pleading. So look, I think that if you're expecting FSG to change their model at this stage, no, I don't think that'll happen. To give a bit of crumb of comfort, though, if there's no minority investment, there's no sale, there's none of that, mm-hmm. what we do know, and the counts when they are published in the next couple of days should reveal, is that our spend and our commitments towards transfer deals that have happened in the past um, are coming very close to being fully paid off. Right. So what that does is it frees up money to then spend on transfer deals this summer. Um, now, will that facilitate all of the deals that we need um, to get over the line in order to have a proper squad to challenge in all fronts next season? Maybe not. And that, again, is where criticism will be levelled at FSG. Um, one of the things we didn't talk about is whether FSG have put too much effort on, and focus on reducing debts. Um, so again, we, we'll only know for sure once the accounts are out. Um, but it looks like again in twenty one twenty two, um, they they spent some of the money that could have gone towards transfer fees to instead reduce debts, uh, whereas other clubs owners uh, did the opposite. Um, you know, at Arsenal at Chelsea, Man United, Man City, even Spurs. Spurs owners have been even more tight than FSG, and yet even they took out. A loan of over 120 million last summer to facilitate deals for Antonio Conte because they knew that if they didn't do that, he was going to walk. So even they have shown pragmatism. I don't think you can expect that from FSG. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Just according to you, then, or in your opinion, how do we? T- how do you think we will address this summer? Then, how do you think they will uh, get out of this or try to fix it? What do you see? Because you seemingly was proven right eighteen months ago. Let's see if you're well, proven right. Let's, today, let's see if you're proven I'm, right now. Uh, listening to Mo today, I've got a theory. If we finish fourth from bottom, we'll have no bonuses to pay, and we'll have a <laughs> lot of money. Think about it, guys. Come on, come on. We'll have no. Um, I, I, I think behind the scenes, Clark mm. wouldn't talk like he is unless he's been told you'll get what you want. But we've been told about the fabled war chest for 12 years. We've never seen it. <clears throat> what worries me is that if they are going to get some investment, they're running out of time. And that's what worries me. Then it comes down to them putting their hand in their pocket. No chance. No chance. But I, w- I don't think Klopp would stand for it. And I don't think they want the civil war that will come for it. See, this is my point, guys. This is what I meant when I said this is the first time where we can unreservedly decide what the issue maybe was. This is the summer where we can finally not sit on the fence and stop these wars that we're having internally on social media without actually seeing any evidence of it, you know, and prove being able to prove it either way. Because as I said, the main person in the whole, in this whole um, equation was Jurgen Klopp. 
I think every fan was waiting for Jurgen Klopp to say something, do something. Are you with them? Are you part of the problem? Because if that's the case, then we can just look at, like football fans, just look at the manager and say, right, he's not performing, he's not doing enough. We don't give a shit about the injuries, about the intern, about the signings, about him, because he's part of it. And then we can start putting pressure on Klopp. God forbid that doesn't happen. Chris, can I just pick up on Cav's point from earlier? Sorry, I forgot mm. to. Yeah. Like, Klopp is, all the mistakes Klopp's made this season, you know, we all can see them. We're not stupid. We all watch football. But until Klopp's given the backing that a manager of his ilk and what he's achieved deserves, I'll never get on Klopp's back. There's not a chance. He's fighting with one arm tied behind his back. As Mo brought up, the season he wanted defenders, you think he's come out of his little room in Melwood and said, bring me Kabak and, and the Davies. I want them right now. Do you think this summer he stood on the corner of the? I let I will let Cav come back because um, you asked Cav, yeah. but I just want to I just want to I just want to have a quick my opinion on that because I've heard and I've had loads of debate. We all we'll have had these debates, loads of these kind of debates. But just if that's the case, then he's being a company man. Then if that's the case, yeah, and he's got one hand tied by one tied one hand tied behind his back. Then he needs to be more complicit. No, so if he's been totally complicit with that, he needs to speak out. Now I don't he believe this. That. It doesn't matter. I don't care what he's been. He's now at Liverpool Football Club. He's not at Dortmund. With the greatest respect to Dortmund, and he's definitely not at Mines. You've said he's at Liverpool. If you've got the same energy for the owners to be listen, you're part of Liverpool Football Club. We're one of the greatest teams in world football. Same energy you have to show for Klopp, Jas. You have to say you're Jurgen Klopp. You're one of the greatest managers and the most powerful managers, coaches on earth right now. You tell us what is going on. Not directly. You don't need you don't owe us nothing. But if it's hindering you as a coach. And your legacy, then you need to speak. I think we can all see that it's hindering the fact there's a lack of investment. But the point being, I think he's got to the stage where something's given back behind the scenes and he knows there's money coming. Yeah, I, I that's think what I think. That's a given now. Where it's coming from, Mo can't tell us. That I got no clue. If Mo doesn't know where it's coming from, we got no chance. But I, I really think we've all heard the Bellingham, you know, his dad's from Birmingham. We've all heard it. he's coming. He's got, we've all heard all this. There's no smoke without fire, as they say. So I think he's been told there's money. My issue will be, how much is there? Will they give him 200 million and say, well, you've been a good boy, here's 200 million. And we're supposed to go, oh, thank you, guys. Thank you, it's amazing. But, you know, it just comes down to it now. It's make or break for us in the summer. Mm. Do, you think, do you think he was... Um, the acquisition of Darwin Nunes, Carvalho, it cost a little amount, and then Gakpo, all within this... this um, well, last year now, sorry. Do you not think that is somewhat an investment that they made into a squad that, you know, they could come back on and say, we gave you something, we we have supported you in some respect? Because yeah, 85 million plus for Darwin Nunes, that's a lot of money. No, way. it wasn't though. It was 63. The committed spend. The committed spend. Okay, right. but if we give that money, we've won big trophies, so we're all happy to pay it then. But I think <laughs> this goes back to that conversation, doesn't it? We start at the top of the show thinking about we only care about winning, and yet we move to a conversation where about it will cost us more money. No, but then we're talking about budgets now, and I think generally with Carvalho, it was a moneyball thing. Get the kid in cheap. If he becomes a worldie, win-win. I genuinely think that. But that's fine. I don't want. But I, but I don't want. Yeah, I don't yeah. want all our, everything that we've used to be successful. I don't want to be discarded yeah, and yeah. suddenly becoming just willy-nilly spenders. It, it it doesn't work. And I think that was that. The Nunes being bought 
we just lost Mane, 20 goals a, guarantee, a season guaranteed. Minamino, Origi, we had to bring somebody in. If we go into the summer, we just, what we had, it weren't going to work. So I think the problem we have is we start questioning our spending because we have to always let him go, bring him in. We're never allowed to have, like, perfect, January was all about perfect, Liverpool fans. Perfect segue, perfect segue. Let him go, bring him in, let him go, bring him in. We've come to a point where we're looking at wages and players we can offload. Uh, shout out my friend Cecita, who's with me, unfortunately, at Crystal Palace. We were cold. We were wet. We were hungry. I wasn't hungry. I'd stopped off at Morley's three times before, so I can't say I was hungry. He says, how do we explain the, power, uh, the money being available for Shuamani? Our model is different, albeit the assessment of the finances is depressing. The model has to change, but I do think the money is available. Mo, very, brief, very briefly in reply to that, do you believe there is money available in the summer? Yeah, I do, yeah. Yeah. Um, whether there's enough to get all of the deals that Klopp wants over the line, we'll, we'll, we'll have to see. But, um, yeah, there, there will be. Because, look, go back to 2018 to 2020, Liverpool Football Club did spend £450 million on transfer deals. So we can't forget that. That, that. That's a lot of money that was spent. Um, and because we've not spent as much over the last four years, post-2018, um, it means that the amount of transfer debt we have compared to some of our rivals is significantly less. And we'll know about exactly how much that is once the accounts are published in the coming days. Um, but what that will show is that, um, you know, the amount of money that we have been spending compared to how much is still owing, um, should show that there should be funds free to spend in the summer. Um, whether that will be enough to get Jude over the line plus three or four other big-name signings... Is the key. Yeah. yeah. Is the key what we're looking for. I guess one way, guys, Cav, we discussed as well on another show, wasn't it, in terms of we are going to have to offload, obviously, some by necessity in terms of contracts running down. And some by choice option. Kev, I know I've asked you before, but is there anything that you would do in terms of what's the word, the surprise element? So we know Ox, Nabi, Milner, pretty much we can nail on. You never know, he might be given an extension, but Ox and Nabis, we know we can save on their wages. We're not going to get a fee. Is there anything, is there any other way that you would sort of try to raise funds by offloading someone that you think? is not going to be of the level required moving forward. I think what's difficult to assess this season, I think we mentioned it on the Red Fellas the other night, is that because there's so much that's not quite right at the minute, it's very mm. hard to assess players as individuals. So I could sit here and say, I don't think, although he's got the statistics to back him up, I don't think Mo Salah's quite earned that money that he's that we're paying him at the minute. You know, Virgil's just coming back from injury. I, I'll, I'll probably say that he's not performing as expected, but for 220 grand a week, yeah, he's, you'd still value him at that. You know, Thiago has been good, but then there is like the likes of Firmino injury issues now getting on not as effective. Fabinho's the obvious sort of standout one. Henderson as well. These guys that are taking up a significant amount of money that haven't performed to that value um, this season. But how much is that down to them? And should we move them on? Or how much is that down to just 
quite simply, everybody's been poor and the whole team isn't performing. And that's the difficult analysis that the, the coaching team and Klopp's got to get right this summer is he is going to lose someone free transfers. That's a given. But I think he is going to have to lose some of the um, old guard as well because quite simply, he doesn't think they can do a job to the standard we require in the seasons ahead. And who that is, he's got to really assess correctly because I think a lot of fans probably think that Fabinho's the sort of one of the obvious names. He's not up to the level anymore and he's he's collecting a good wage that if you could get him off the wage bill, maybe recoup a small fee for, that you could get somebody in that not only matches his level, but is better than his level and is probably on the same money, if not less. So that wouldn't be a wise decision. But at the same time, you've probably got to assess you know, Fabinho, I think it, that's a fair argument for, but maybe somebody like um, like a Henderson or a Firmino, how much is it just that we're having a bad season and that they can still actually do a job for us? And therefore, like the fact that they're already at the club, they know the system and these things add value to having that player. I think that's the difficult challenge we face, but I think we've definitely got to, we've got to let some of our, um, our old guard go. And that, you know, we've got to lose that sort of sentiment and that... Um, and look, they're going to be legends at this club, but we do have to move on and we have to accept that this is to free up funds to start the next generation or the next you know, 2.0 of Liverpool. I think the key thing that's been said tonight, I think Mo mentioned it earlier on when he was talking, was that our wage bill is so big, but our wage bill doesn't represent, I don't think we get the, the value quality, for that the value. Wage. Hmm. And that's, that's the key thing we have to bear in mind when we go into this summer is we can spend the same if you can spend less, in terms of expenditure, great, but the quality's got to improve for that money. So the free transfers are going to go, getting better replacements, but also you might have to just sell players to get in better replacements. If we end up breaking even in terms of expenditure over the period of that we sign these guys up to their contracts, I don't care as long as the quality is improving. And some people have made you know big claims or like throwing some big suggestions out there that maybe somebody like a Mo Salah who only signed a deal in the summer would move on. And I'm, I'm at a point where I'm like, if that's going to benefit the squad overall, i.e. you get that significant wage bill off, off um, you get a significant salary off the wage bill, sorry, and you recoup a fee and you're able to find somebody that can step in that right wing position and do a good job and has, you know, can reach the next level in their career. Then I'm like, if it's for the, if it's for the greater good of Liverpool, I'm open to it. So for me, everybody in the squad gets assessed. Uh, Jas, I'm going to come to Mo in terms of... I'm going to get to Mo in a minute. I've got a different question for him. But Jas, if you are... Put your neck in on the line now. And if you are in charge of... So let's just say we have 150 million. This is the game we played on the Redfellas a couple of Sundays ago. If you haven't gone, check that show out. It was a magnificent show and it was a whole heap of fun. We assessed, Jas, very quickly that we're going to get about 150 million from the owners, right? But part of that and, and the rest of the money, however you raise it, has, has to be raised within the club, from the club, through sales, wages, whatever. If I ask you to, to raise funds, let's just say, and you've got a whole heap of players, that I know I should have given you more time to think about it, but I'm sure you've got some in your head that you're definitely saying. Nabi Ox, Nabi Ox, done, right? Yeah. I want you to give me three players that you think you can raise Circa, let's be realistic. I won't be unrealistic. Let's say 75 to 100 million that you need to raise by selling three players. 
Which ones would you, you do? You know, every Liverpool fan has a list on their phone that they said they're making of ins and outs. Every single Liverpool fan's got one. It's just normal. Get your one out. Get your one out. Uh, the problem you got with this is it's all it's like football manager oh just get him out and get, it, it won't work that easily no but, but, no, but, no, but, no, but, no but this is it though we have to we've discussed all the points that we can easily make let's make some hard decisions ourselves. let's put okay. our next on the line and say so I've given you 150 I'm John Henry I've given you 150 million bear in mind that 150 million because I'm John Henry at the end of the day that includes Jude Bellingham so that's taken up the chunk of your <laughs> transfer budget <laughs> I'm sorry that's me bro I'm, that's how I'm doing I'm John Henry 150 100 million, let's say, circa Jude Bellingham Hogia. You got 50 million plus whatever you raise from three players that you must get off your wage bill. Not only your wage bill, but squad wise, number wise. We know Jurgen Klopp doesn't like working with massive no. huge squads. So he's going to get have to get rid of four that are going on free contracts and three that he probably needs to sell or move on. Which three? That's why I don't think we'll have Klopp's never bought in a pile of players. He's not that manager that brings in seven, eight and says, better. So, okay, problem is you can say Selmo. The guy guarantees you 20 goals a season, 10 assists, okay? No problem. You're not you finding that anywhere for, for silly money. That's it. That's ridiculous to even question that now. I'm Kev, you down the, the list. Let's off. see who else is on the list. Kev, just slightly move slowly. Okay, slowly Matip has, has to go. How much are you getting for Matip? 5 million? 7 million? 10. 10 million? You're getting 10 million for him? Yeah. I think Curtis has to go for his own career. Not that I think he's a bad player. I think he's stagnated. He should have gone out and loan a few years ago. You should have gone out a few max, years ago. 25 million? 20, 20. English premium. 2025, 20, we got 30 million there. You yeah. got Nat Phillips, 5 million. Mm. 35, you got Kelleher. 20 million. 20. Uh, like, yeah. Well, so, yeah, 55. Yeah. Anything. See, the thing, I'd sell for being you're great. Getting, you got to, you get in a, but the problem is, you got to get him out and then get another player in to replace him. I mean, already a DM short, so we'd have to get in two DMs. So uh, that's the problem I see with it. You, you, you're getting rid of mm. one to get in two to replace. You have homegrown you issues, of course, as well. Yeah, and then you've got all those issues, which is why I think we were linked to Mount because of the English players. So it, it, it's going to be a balancing act. And I, I genuinely don't see Klopp wanting to bring in seven or eight players. It, it won't happen. Doesn't matter how many we lose. I think I think on on the back calf is pretty much what we said, didn't it? Wasn't it the same exactly? Pretty much the same exact players that we chose in the end, wasn't it? Kelleher, Matip, um, I sold Fabinho. Was I overruled? I'm not sure if I was overruled. I think I was overruled in the Fabinho shout. Can't yeah, remember. But, sure but can Kelleher, you know, so we can raise that. Mo, I'm going to be very honest. I can't remember what I was going to ask you. <laughs> Right, but but, but 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 I'm being honest in it. Honesty is the best policy. Instead of just uh, 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 I forgot what I was going to ask you, so I'll just move it on. Mo, just give us your opinion. Just give us insight. Maybe a lot of people sort of giving the 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 question. I'll just go through the last super chat. He says, under these conditions, we will never be able to get Jude today. Man United are linked with him. So look, there is a lot of fear. There is a lot of apprehension, doubt. Shuck, all of that, and rightly so now. Mm. I've come to a point where I agree, rightly so. There is a lot of uncertainty, but it is a matter of, well, there's not much else we can do about it anyway, but it is a matter of, let's see who the new sporting director is. We'll have an insight into if it's a clock man or an FSG man. Do you agree? A. And B, let's just see if there's investment before the summer. Because, again, like Jazz says, that would be critical to see how much we spend. Because I think we all agree, if there's no investment, then 
we're struggling to buy Jude and maybe one or two others max. And they're going to be cheap moneyball type signings. So just give us an overall general assessment of how you think things are going to pan out. Sporting director, um, investment, are we going to get investment? And does that result in Jude and three others, let's just say? And it's only opinion, people. This is yeah. not to be clipped up and put all over social media and said, oh, this is what was said. Oh, my God, you're frauds. Exactly. I mean, look, sporting director, I think we'll get one in. Um, you know, but it'll be key, right? That's a major key appointment into seeing this, this mindset of the owners or Klopp. Yeah. So, for example, I was told Paul Mitchell is a candidate. David Ornstein has come out and since said he was a candidate, but we've moved away from the idea of Paul Mitchell, which suggests the way he worded that, Mo, moved away from the idea of Paul Mitchell, suggests Klopp has maybe intervened and said, I have a few suggestions that I'd like. Are you in pro of that or are you? Right. So here, here's the thing. I think we need somebody who's strong and assertive in that role, mm. who is willing to butt heads with Klopp. Mm. Because sometimes... You know, we, we've needed somebody to be a devil's advocate there. Um, you know, it's like Jurgen, for example, go back a few seasons, wanted, who was it? Um, Brandt? Yep. That was his number one pick. Mm -hmm. And it was Edwards that said, no, we, we, he and his team firmly believe in Salah. And they mm -hmm. got their man. And look, the rest is history. Um, you know, so there have been times when, you know, Jürgen has wanted a particular player. Others have wanted somebody else. And they pushed and they pushed and they persuaded. And, you know, history proved that they were right. And I think if Klopp brings in a yes man, who will just say, yes, Jürgen, no Jürgen, three bags full Jürgen, I don't think that's necessarily in the best interest of the club. He's an exceptional coach. Is he world-class in terms of recruitment? And identifying the best jury's out role. jury's out yeah yeah he's always so, worked better with a director of football he's always worked better with zork at dortmund so I, I i think we could do with somebody who's a strong character somebody then who will necessarily f flop over um you know if, if jürgen blows in their direction so that is my concern around that in terms of investment i think the statement that Kate was that John Henry came out with last week is all part of the chess games. In my view, he right. still wants to sell the club. Right. Or at least there are others within FSG that want to sell the club. He might want to sell a part of the club and retain control. But if the offer is strong enough, I think even he will say, okay, I'm happy to move on. But we know that they've been inviting interest for, what, nearly four months now? Mm. I think maybe it was a way of saying, look, nobody's offered anything that convinces, convinces us to walk away. So it's almost a message to say, look, if you, if you want to take over this club, stump up a bit more than you're proposing at this point in time. So they wouldn't engage in involving two big banks like, you know, Goldman Sachs and who was the other one? JP Morgan, Morgan Stanley. I can't Morgan remember. Stanley, yeah. Um, JP Morgan's United, yeah. Yeah. For a process involving the sale of a minority stake, they wouldn't 
takeaway. Um, Mike Gordon. Mike Gordon. If it was just about selling Minority State. And there's one or two other things as well that have been said where it doesn't stack up to me that that is what they wanted. And I've always said that they have certain things that they want to invest a lot of money into, such as Fenway Corners, which is a development around their baseball stadium in Boston, and also potentially investing into an NFL franchise or an NBA franchise in the future. So they, we know they want money. They want to generate some money. If it's 300 million coming in for a 10% stake, there'll be massive pressure from all of us, the Liverpool fan base, that we want all of that money to go back into Liverpool Football Club. So it, it, I don't see what benefit mm. it really has for them to sell a minority stake if they're financially not going to be able to uh, deliver some of their objectives outside of football, outside of Liverpool. So that's why I think it's still part of the game. Uh, even though at this stage, it feels like nothing's really happening. But, mm. you know, with things like this, sometimes when things go very quiet, that that's when maybe good point. things are going on. Good can, point. I, good point. Yeah, cool, can I Can I put a question to you guys? How significant is it where we finish this season? Like, let's look at the immediate kind of future. If we finish where we are right now, and if we finish in the top four, what do you believe the impact is financially and, and the ripple effect, as in what FSG will do with that? I, I Very quickly, I think it's more about whether we get investment in or not, as opposed to where we finish. Um, so what I mean by that is, if we finish outside the top four and we still get investment in, I'll be... Of course, devastated that we didn't finish in the top four, but I don't think it will hinder our plans in the transfer market as much as uh, not getting the investment, yet still finishing in the top four would. Mm. Do you get what I mean? The key part to me is the investment. That's just my personal take on it. Mm. Used to? Because well, I just, just, just yeah. to quickly go back to the point that I think Jas made earlier that or most sorry, is that actually the best place you can finish is a runner-up because of the bonuses and stuff. Well, finishing fourth is probably a great situation as well. So if they finish fourth this season, it's kind of business as usual, no? And then they just think about, you know, next season and what they can achieve then. Point, Mo? Yeah, yeah, completely. Um, you know, you're getting in the Champions League money without paying massive bonuses. There are still bonuses being paid, though. If you get into the Champions League, these players still get very significant bonuses for finishing top four. Wow. Damn, Cav. They're going to play. <laughs> you can't avoid them. <laughs> so, you know, they, they get bonuses just for turning up, um, mm. you know, which, you know, for, for most of us who are working, you know, turning up to our job, getting a bonus would be amazing. But, you know, that, that's the life of footballers. I think, you know, look, if we, if we finish fourth, outside of the top four I agree with Grizz I don't think it will make a massive difference to how much we spend I think it will make some difference though I think they've got a budget for finishing top four and a budget for finishing outside of the top four I don't think it's necessarily a massive difference but I think there will be a difference the thing is the reason why I'm not too flustered like maybe 
some people may be is because I know we've done amazing business on budgeted funds in the past. It's just, in my opinion, we haven't done enough business. And I've been very vocal on that. So it's for me, I've always said, I can't give a shit if it's a hundred million pound player or if it's a 30 million pound player. Just get the right player. And we tend to, on the whole, get the right player. Yes, there's doubts, maybe about Gakpo and Nunes recently. But overall, in their tenure, more strikes than, you know, what's the opposite of strikes, whatever. Do you know what I mean? Like, there's more. Plus. Yeah, exactly. Strikeout. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so, look, a couple of nice comments coming in. Uh, oh, before, yeah, Kaz, Kaz, sorry, mate, uh, we didn't spend when we were in the Champions League, so why is being out of it going to bother us? It makes no difference to us. Um, I think the main thing right now is, as I said, the summer comes, we have investment, we know where we stand, no investment. Well, then, as I said, we're, we're, we're in real trouble. I don't think Champions League has an iota of difference to it now. That extra 20 million or 10 million ain't going to change I think, anything. I think just the only, um, well, one of the sections that may make a difference, or aspects, I should say, is some players, not Jude, some players may be put off no Champions yeah. League. I don't think so. With Klopp and what we've done for six years running, they know it's a blip. No players going to say, well, I, come, I, I don't think... And Klopp doesn't go for them type of players. Well, he'll ask the question. And if they say, mm-mm, then he'll yeah. say, all right, if you... Yeah, yeah. I, I, following I season as well, the following mm-hmm. season as well, I think there's a fifth spot for the Champions League being opened up. Correct. Um, so even if we miss out, it will likely be only for one season. And even if you finish fifth the following season... And Mo, yeah. we don't pay a bonus for fifth. Win-win, yeah, man. <laughs> Our bonuses are old contracts are for fourth. I like how we're all thinking now. We're all guys, on board with this. Guys, talking about bonuses, and this is Kev loves my segues. Talking about bonuses, we've got a very, very quick bonus segment where we're going to very quickly give our predictions because we haven't got time to look into the Wolves game. Very important game, very important game, just because on the back of the Palace, and we'll skip the Madrid, that didn't happen. On the back of Palace, Newcastle, and Everton. We have two home games now, Jas, that we must win. If we win them, suddenly there's light at the end of the tunnel. Jas, tomorrow is a must win. There's no other way of putting it, is it? it every game seems like a must win. Honestly, it's exhausting. We're in that situation. We're in that situation, yeah. Um, I, I said it earlier on Twitter. I'm going to say it again. For me, simply, if Nunes plays, we win without him. We just have no speed and we're bereft of ideas up front. He's the only person that adds unpredictability to our team right now. And people are saying the jury's out on him. You lot can carry on. If you think the jury's out on him, everything he's shown us, he's going to be our mainstay for the next five, six years. He's got everything you need. New, just imagine the fact that he's playing a broken team. If he'd come into a team last season, what he could have done. So I think, honestly, it's getting to the stage where Nunes plays tomorrow, we win. And we win comfortably. Nunes plays tomorrow. Nunes, Nunes plays on the weekend. We've got a chance against United <laughs> because he puts the... You can play... Oh, they won't. They can't play at the pitch because we can knock it behind. Right now, when we're one pace, can you just drop deeper? Is it there? Let's it's one for, of those. That's, let's not look forward that's to... How much uh, I put, that's how much I... I think the whole fan base has taken Nunes to heart. 
There's something about it that we all love. 100%. But Even me. Genuinely. Listen, I'm going to be honest. I don't know if you've heard me speak on Nunes. I wasn't a massive fan of Nunes. I definitely don't think he justifies the fee, but I've always maintained he's going to be effective and he's proving to be effective. And he's got to a point where he's probably our most effective right now forward, like yeah. you're suggesting. It's mad. Mo, tomorrow, a just prediction for tomorrow. Nunes plays 3-0. Nunes Beautiful. is playing, man. I'm telling you, so 3-0. Okay. 3-0 then? Well, 2-1. Um, They've improved, haven't they? Streak of clean sheets will end, but I think we win it. I think we're going to give it a go. I think we, coming off the back of a couple of disappointing results, you know, we'll, we'll get a bit of a reaction. Cav? Uh well, Jess spoke about Nunes, so all I'm going to say is Bacetic is going to be back in the side tomorrow. Oh, so, yes. Cavs, Bacetic is back, yeah. There we go. There we That's go. Right. Who plays alongside him? No idea, but uh, oh, who cares? Exactly. <laughs> uh, super chat, last one of the night, probably. Liam says, we got Ad <laughs> we got Adrian after winning the Champions League. Uh, sums, up <laughs> FS sums up FSG. Um, and very last but not least, only Jas can un answer this. Grandmaster says, Hey guys, great stream. Just joining. Is that Jas Sidhu the singer? Is that, is that nope. you? No, no. It's Jas Sidhu the Liverpool fan unemployed sitting at home right now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Uh, if that's what Mo, if that's what being unemployed gets you, man, maybe you'll be unemployed. <laughs> uh, uh, Ladies and gentlemen in the stream, thank you very much. You've been amazing chat. Guys, it's been a pleasure, man. Oh, mate, it's been an absolute pleasure. Time's flown. I wanted to make it hour only. Shit, Cav, I'm so sorry. I completely you got Mo, there. Mo, it's been a pleasure, mate. You know, thank you for uh, keeping the facts. You know, on Twitter, you to speak facts. Grizz, you're a star, mate. Cav, I can't wait till One Direction get back together. You're going to kill it. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely, smash it, you're a star, lads. Uh, Mo, of course, thank you very much, and always a pleasure. Um, Cav, are you on for post match now? I'm at the game tomorrow, so I'm not. Oh, of course, you're at the game, yeah. Oh, we must, we must win for Cav, man. Get there, Please. get there, Please. exactly, guys. Before you go, stroke the likes, smash the likes, hit the likes, do what you've got to do, just make sure you hit the like button. We will be back for post match carnage tomorrow. Thursdays, we've got Euro Stars, Friday, the build up to Man United. The build-up to Man United begins. Can't wait, can't wait. I kind of can't wait if you guys know what I mean. You know how it is. Uh, thank you very much, everyone and anyone. We out. Take care. Sports Social Podcast Network. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.